I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Jason Schreier. And it's time for a Beans Cast. On this Beans Cast, we're going to be talking about time loop movies. <laughs> I love time and I love loops, so this is great. Well, I have good news for you, Maddie, because that is what we're going to be talking about. Jason, are you feeling lucky for loops? I am feeling so lucky. Jason is feeling lucky. It should be a cereal commercial. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. It would be kind of delicious. So the first movie we are going to be talking about is Groundhog Day, 1993 movie directed by Harold Ramis. Kind of the original one of these starring Bill Murray tells the story of a guy named Phil who gets stuck in Puxatawney on Groundhog Day and has to relive the day over and over and over again. And Oh, wait. Can you guys, I'm having with the zoom call can you hear me right now honestly do you want to do you want to just restart the call really quick are you there yeah yeah okay hang on i hang up and i'll just restart the call i'm kirk hamilton i'm maddie myers Uh, uh, and i'm jason schreier and it's time for a beans cast on this beans cast we're going to be talking about time loop movies (laughs) i love time and i love loops so this is great (laughs) (laughs) well i have good news for you because that is what we're going to be talking about Jason, are you feeling lucky for loops? Didn't you just say that? You're feeling lucky for loops or or what? Uh, I guess. I mean, admittedly, no one's ever said that before. So I, I don't think Kirk just said that because no one's ever Whoa. said that sentence ever. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to edit around this, but okay, let's, let's just keep going. So the first movie we're gonna be talking about is Edge of Tomorrow. This is a time loop movie from 2014, directed by Doug Lyman. Are, are we doing a different first one this time? Yeah, we're talking about Edge of Tomorrow. Are you looking at the Google Doc? Yeah, it's in or Jason, it's right you in the here. Google Doc. Do you need me to send it to you? Um, okay. I mean, I guess I may be looking at a different one. Okay, okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So this uh, stars Tom Cruise, of course, and Emily Blunt. This is more of an action-focused time loop movie, but uh, it's a pretty cool one. And uh, yeah, I uh, wait a minute. Can you guys, can you hear me? Right, now? having a problem with, the, with yeah. the Zoom call again. Honestly, yeah, this service. It's me. like good until it's not good. Okay, I'm gonna end the call and. I'm going to start it over again. Okay, so I'll be right back. I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Maddie Myers. Are you guys serious right now? You got to say your name. Let's let's try this again. I'm Jason Jason Dreyer. All right. Okay. All right. I think I can edit around <laughs> oh that. Okay. All right, here we go. And it's time for a Beans Cast. On this Beans Cast, we're going to be talking about time loop movies. I love time and I love loops, so this is great. Well, I have good news for you, Maddie, because that is what we're going to be talking about. Jason, are you feeling lucky for loops? I feel like this is a practical joke, and uh, I don't know what is happening right now, but you guys sure got me. Woo! Woo! You fooled Jason. All right. I think that means Jason's feeling lucky for loops. So the first movie we're going to be talking about is actually not a movie at all. It's a TV series from Netflix called Russian Doll. It came out last year in 2019. What the hell? Uh, it was cool. You watched it, I remember. I don't, you seem so confused, but you watched it. It was uh, starring Natasha Lyonne and uh, really, really just a cool show, kind of a surprising twist on the genre kind of had a lot to say i rewatched it and i'm really excited to talk about it yeah and it's so cool wait maddie i did you say i couldn't i couldn't hear you is there anything wrong I feel like there's something yeah the you know call. you're breaking up for me uh, it might help if we restarted the things. call all right yeah i gotta fix this thing it's a zoom call i'm just gonna hang up and then i'll call you guys right back i'm kirk hamilton i'm maddie myers no no way. I'm not doing this again. Doing what? You gotta say your name for the intro, Jason. It's very important. We just did this three times. We do this every time we start the what show. Do you... I don't I don't get what we have to do it you know each time we record. We can't just reuse recordings. Yeah, well, that's how we started Beans Cast. We just say our names again. Can you just say I'm Jason Schreier so I can edit it in? I'm Jason Schreier. Thanks so much. All right, here we go. And it's time for a beans cast. On this beans cast, we're going to be talking about time loop movies. I love time and I love loops, so this is great. It is great, and I have good news for you because that is what we're going to be talking about. Jason, are you... Yes, I am feeling lucky for loops. Hey, Jason's feeling lucky for loops. So the first movie we're going to be talking about is from 2020, the movie Palm Springs. This was a, a Hulu movie. It was uh, directed by Max Barbacow, and it was really cool. We all recently watched it. It's kind of the most recent time loop movie. And uh, yeah, this is a, a good capper, I think, for our for our time loop discussion because of, of how it kind of you know builds on some of the ideas from uh, previous entries in the time loop genre. Yeah, like start at the most recent then go all now classic totally. time loop structure oh man uh, i feel like sense. it was Eddie, can you hear me there's like an uh, you, issue with the zoom you actually call? keep breaking up i wasn't because i figured it would just fix itself but mm. i 
you have been breaking up a lot. Man, Zoom. Is... I don't know. Should we should we just restart the call? I, I feel like I'm going to recall. I guess I'll. No, 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 no. Do not restart this call. We are going to keep going. We, we are can not wait it out all over again. No, 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 okay. no. Okay, we'll I, wait it out. Like, you guys are kind of clearing up. You're both kind of clearing up. So let's just talk about some movies. Okay, nice, nice. All right, we'll keep going. So we have these four movies to talk about: Groundhog Day, Edge of Tomorrow, Russian Doll, and Palm Springs. Of course, one of them is in a movie, so I guess they're time loop stories. Russian Doll is a TV sure. show, but um, it's. Uh, I think there's a lot to these four these four stories, and of course. All of us feel a little bit like we're stuck in a time loop right now, which I can imagine listeners can also relate to everybody who's been sort of stuck inside during these COVID times. Time sort of blurs together. I have no idea what that what that would be like. Because well, you know, every day is the same. You wake up, it's the same no, thing yeah, over it's, again. Uh, when you have a when you have a baby, you're basically in a time loop every day, <laughs> even aside from pandemic times. For sure. Yeah, so that's true. Um, so to talk about this, I feel like we're going to kind of break these down like we would a video game because there are different rules for each of these stories. Um, I rewatched all of these in getting ready for this uh, episode, which was really fun, actually. Yeah. These, these uh, kinds of stories really lend themselves to rewatching, which is, I think, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think I wanted us to start by just breaking down the rules. So uh, let's start with Groundhog Day. Let's go through the rules of each of these four stories and explain how they all work. Uh, does one of you want to do the rules to Groundhog Day? I'll, I'll try my best. Nice. Okay. okay. So Groundhog Day, Bill Murray plays a total jerk named Phil. And I would say the rules to this one are if he dies or falls asleep or at least waits until six in the morning, the day resets because the day resets at six in the morning every day. Mm -hmm. When he wakes up, he hears the alarm, plays Sonny and Cher and plays the same radio broadcast every single day on Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how the reset works. I don't know if there is a loop in Groundhog Day where he manages to stay all the way awake until 6am. I just rewatched it and I don't, I don't think there is, but there that, I think the way that you said, if he stays up till 6am, he, there is one time and it's very early on. Cause I was curious about this as well. Cause I was trying to keep track of all the rules to these. Yeah. And he does, it shows him staying up really late looking at the clock and he looks yeah. at the clock and it's like four or five in the morning yeah. and, then and then he then just he wakes up. Falls asleep. Yeah. Right. So it's not clear whether he fell asleep or whether just something happens, but he mm-hmm. can't get out of that 24 hour loop. He definitely, right. when he gets to 6 a.m., boom, he's back. Is it worth explaining the premise of Groundhog Day as well or are we only going to talk about rules here? Because I, I do feel I like... I think we can assume people have seen it. So. Sure. Sure. I mean, the, the movies do all have somewhat similar premises in that there's a mm-hmm. person who needs to change or fix or progress in some way. And, and that is part of the rule set as well. I mean, it's part of the plot, mm-hmm. but it's also part of Phil's rule set is mm-hmm. that I, I would say my interpretation of the ending is that he's he's achieved a different state. And that's why he's capable of breaking out of of the rules. But right. there are a lot of different interpretations of, of how he breaks out of it. And I think that the way that Groundhog Day distinguishes itself from the other three movies is that there is no clear instigating event. So Groundhog Day, he's just in the loop and it's not clear why. It's a, it's like a Christmas story, but it's not even, I guess, Groundhog Day. There, there is a holiday. It is a holiday, yeah. So there, it's kind of like that. He's very Ebenezer Scrooge-y. Um, mm-hmm. I, man, I'm thinking that it says in my notes is, how does Bill? How did Bill Murray always look old? He is the anti-Paul Rudd. <laughs> this, this movie is from like 30 years ago. Early. I don't know. He, it's not just the balding. He's, I mean, he's an amazing face. Bill Murray is incredible, but he just always looks kind of torn up. <laughs> like That's uh-huh. just kind of his look as a bedraggled guy and this was almost 30 years ago and it's still you know I feel like the way that Paul Rudd just looks freakishly the exact same age as he was 30 years Mm -hmm. ago now Bill Murray also does it's just that that age is older than the one that Paul Rudd is stuck (laughs) at that age was like 64 (laughs) so both in time loops is that where you're going with this because I Mm -hmm. agree with you that's kind of what I'm saying exactly yeah Um, so so yeah there's there's no instigating event but those I think are the rules of Groundhog Day so let's keep Mm -hmm. going let's go through the rules of Edge of Tomorrow. Jason, why don't you do the rules to Edge of Tomorrow? So Edge of Tomorrow is is a funny one in that it is the only of of these time loop movies and shows that we are talking about today. It's the only one to actually explain how the time loop happens and like actually <laughs> get into the nitty gritty. It's also the nerdiest of the movies and probably my least favorite of all the things that we saw. Um, but mm. yeah, so the way that it works is Tom Cruise's character, who is the soldier in this kind of futuristic version of the world where aliens have invaded or an attack are attacking, um, Tom. Cruise is a major PR dude 
dude who is somehow who winds up for enlisted the military, to the army yeah. and enlisted enlisted into actually fighting and becomes treated as if he is a private because the general doesn't like him. Um, and he winds up on a battlefield where everybody is doomed and he kills an alien creature called an alpha and therefore he winds up getting the powers that link him to this other alien creature who's the boss called the Omega and he gets the ability to be caught in these time loops where he can uh, receive knowledge of the day's events so he can predict the future and like figure out what's going to happen next and the idea is mm-hmm. that these aliens use that in order to win every single battle and so they have to use this power against the aliens and that's the only way they can win so what's really interesting about this movie is that he knows exactly how to break the time loop which is um, because uh, the other character Emily Blunt's character mm-hmm. explains to him that she went through the same thing and basically if you get new blood in, infused in you then like because you're injured and lose yeah. a bunch of blood then you lose the powers so what's interesting about this is that it, it kind of subverts the trope in that he Tom Cruise's character is not trying to break the time loop he's trying to use the time loop to win the war um, which I think is mm-hmm. is, a, is an interesting and noteworthy uh, distinction yeah, yeah I think that this one also the, a lot of the rules of this are interesting because they're so clearly laid out and it distinguishes itself in a few different ways. The fact that she was also in a time loop, but she is mm-hmm. not in his time loop, sets right. this one apart from the other ones, which in a couple of instances have other people stuck in the loop with the protagonist. I guess the other, uh, Russian Doll and Palm Springs both do. So that's interesting that she can know what's going on, but each time he meets her, it's the first time she's meeting him, even though he's met her a lot of time. Another funny right. thing about Edge of Tomorrow is that it has the most, like in most of these movies, it's like this pleasant music cue that they wake up to. In this one, it's on your feet, maggot. Um, right. Every <laughs> single time. On your feet, maggot. It's like very, very unpleasant. Um, also, Edge of Tomorrow, I wrote down in my notes as I was watching this, it's like planning out a destiny raid, except instead of Kirk saying, don't die, it's Emily Blunt saying, you have to die. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is me- like, so much of destiny. Yes, we yes. can talk about destiny later in the app. Yes. But there's that's how it's the video game. That's of how all Guardians these. live their that lives. That is, I think, yeah. an important part of the rules of this is that he needs to die within the yes. first 24 hours to reset the loop. Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't, then they lose this advantage that they have over the unstoppable mimic aliens. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. she does keep killing him, which is very like a destiny raid where one person is still up and they need to just jump off of a cliff so that you can reset. The, yeah, so they can yeah. catch up with everybody well, I don't, else. Was or? it 24 hours or was it just the the injury thing like I thought it was just the injury thing. getting new blood I yeah oh that's a good yeah, point like how long can he survive it wasn't yeah. true it might not be a time limit well I guess it might have been the time limit was like that they were just going to destroy all of all of the forces right. within 24 hours I think that's what that was the limit sure yeah, yeah that I guess that's right and he gets a blood infusion and that kills him. Okay, so uh, moving on to the rules of Russian Doll, the most wiggly rules probably yeah. of all of these. Yeah. I just finished rewatching this series. It is super good. Yeah, please explain it because you've watched it more recently than either of us. So good so, luck. <laughs> right. The challenge with the rules of this one is that they can't really be explained because a lot of things are left ambiguous, though not as ambiguous as I thought the first time that I watched it. The second time I was much more like, okay, it's pretty clear what's going on here. So... Uh, this is not exactly a time loop. I think this story is just is a little different than the other three in a few different ways, and I think those differences make it interesting to compare it with the other ones. But it's not really a time loop because it's a death loop. This is actually a movie where she and this other guy, Alan, are tied together and they always die at the same time. And then that resets the day. So uh, Natasha Leone plays Nadia. She's this sort of uh, very interesting, very New York character, this computer programmer, um, very solo, self-sufficient. And you could say selfish. At one point, Alan says, you are the most selfish person I've ever met, and you <laughs> changed my life. Um, and so she's great. She's like this incredible character. Um, what is she? She's like, if Andrew Dice Clay had a kid with the girl from Brave. <laughs> That's like how she describes herself <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Um, nice. So she rules. She smokes approximately 5,000 cigarettes over the course of the series. Uh-huh. And um, she dies. Initially, she gets hit by a car. She like has a kind of one night stand with this guy, Mike. And then she's walking across the street looking for her cat, Oatmeal. She gets hit by a car. She wakes up at a party. And then it becomes clear over the course of this that she is trapped in a loop where she just dies for lots of reasons often unexpectedly, sometimes like completely out of nowhere. Like she keeps falling down the stairs or just later in the, in the show, she like just has a heart attack or like just coughs up glass. And, um, she then meets this guy, Alan, who is also trapped in the same loop. And then they gradually 
explore what that means and what their connection is to one another. They learn a lot of rules. And she's a game designer, which is, I think, a fun kind of commentary. She works at Rock yes. and Roll Games in New York, which is mm-hmm. maybe Rockstar not Games. Not Rockstar. It's yeah. definitely, for legal reasons, not Rockstar yes. Games. Yes. And, um, and so she, she works there. And so she talks. There's a lot of talk of, like, bugs in the code and in the code of sort of time and life and how this is maybe just a bug that they need to figure out and, and fix and a lot of fun video game comparisons. In the end, it kind of turns out that the two of them both have unresolved trauma that they need to help the other person get through in order to continue on. However, we will talk about the endings at the end of this discussion, but the ending is pretty ambiguous and it's not totally clear what happens. I mean, there are some pretty clear signifiers of things that happen that don't seem possible according to the rules as they're laid out. In other words, they split on this, at this pivotal moment where he has, Alan has been dumped by his fiance and then committed suicide. And that mm-hmm. was the first death. And if, for a while, they think that maybe that like great trauma was what set it off, but that seems like that's not really it. Meanwhile, she has really unresolved feelings about her mother and this whole just thing. It's like her whole life has been defined by her mother, who was very mentally ill and she had a just really challenging childhood. So the two of them have to kind of deal with those separate traumas that they really don't want to deal with. And then they wind up in this re-split timeline where they then have to find the other person and they don't remember one another and she has to keep him from jumping off the roof and he has to keep her from getting hit by the cab and then they can kind of reunite and get back into the regular loop with everybody else. But then the ending suggests that the two people who did know each other wind up with one another because they're clearly marked by their outfits and the Mm -hmm. final shot is them walking down the street in this parade together. So there's a lot of ambiguity in the rules to this one. I think that's to its great strength. Those are basically the rules to Russian Doll. Let's do Palm Springs last. Maddie, what are the rules to Palm Springs? Okay, Palm Springs. I'll try it. So Palm Springs, I would say, is more like a cross between Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow in the sense that there is a sci-fi explanation for how the loop is working, but -hmm. structurally and thematically, it's very similar to Groundhog Day. It's also a romantic comedy, like Groundhog Day is. I would say that's really the genre of that movie. Palm Springs is about Andy Samberg and Kristen Miliotti. I think that's how it's pronounced. Miliotti, Uh, Fallen in love with one another, but... Andy Samberg's character is in the time loop already when the movie begins. And, and there are there a few years, clues in his lines and behavior that indicate that he's done all this before and is gaming the system in a sort of similar way to like mid-level Phil in Groundhog Day. Yes. Like that's kind of the emotional uh, wavelength that Andy Samberg's character Niles is on. Whereas Sarah is the other, the foil to him. And she is not yet in the time loop. And the time loop is caused uh, by this supernatural cave that is on an island where they're at a wedding, Sarah's sister's wedding. I think it's an island, right? And, well, they're in uh, Palm Springs, so it's kind of just a cave. Like, yeah, it's in the desert. Yeah, the and so desert. they are they are secluded from others. So they're in a mm-hmm. metaphorical island, as far as I'm concerned. And right. so. Andy, <laughs> I don't know how to say So they, they're hooking up after the wedding because Niles has gamed the system enough to figure out how to hook up with Sarah. He gets shot by yet another person who's also been stuck in the time right. loop accidentally. And due to a series of events, Sarah ends up also getting stuck in the time loop. The way you get stuck in the time loop is you have to walk into this weird cave and it does something. It kind of sucks you into a yeah, vortex. Yeah, sucks you right? in. Yeah. Maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's just some psychic interdimensional stuff. And it causes both of them to reset to the morning of that day, whatever time they happened to wake up. Mm-hmm. And I believe since Sarah wakes up before Niles on that particular day, that's why she can always be ahead of him in the loop. Yes. Because it's based on whatever alarm clock time either of them had and whatever time they actually woke up the first time around. Right. So, and also Roy wakes up in, right. uh, where is it that he lives in Ca- in California? He's yes, like, because that's where he was. Right. Yeah. And so he, he never shows up until later in the day. Which he's the guy with the bow and arrows, so right. Yeah, if he decides to show up at all, yeah. I mean, eventually Roy just has decided to accept the time loop that he's in. But the end of the movie is Sarah going on a vision quest to figure out how to end the time loop on on her own speed and just studying physics, I guess, and figuring Mm -hmm. out that there is a way scientifically 
to end the time loop. And then it's just a moral quandary. They're not totally sure if it'll work or not, but it's sort of a romantic moral quandary for Niles and Sarah as to whether they would like to end the time loop together or not and what that would mean for them and what their relationship has become since they're in one now. And they do decide to, and it ends with them having escaped it by Mm -hmm. doing Sarah's weird (laughs) putting a bomb into the cave, blowing up a goat that walks into the cave and blowing up the cave. And that works. That, that ends the time loop. There is one, um, there is one sort of wrinkle on the rules to Palm Springs that I'll Mm -hmm. at least mention. That's the dinosaurs, which, the dinosaurs they see when I, they're high on shrooms or something, I right? figured that was just because they were high, though? But then at the end of the movie, you saw the dinosaurs are shown just in the background in the regular time that they're in. And it's almost just like a goof. Like, it's just thrown in this, yeah, like... Yeah, I, I read that as a goof. Just kind of yeah, a goof. But, okay, but... Who but knows? Right. I don't know. It, th- I think there could be an interpretation. I've seen people online interpreting that as, like, the time loop has been scrambled. Yeah, to me, it just was, like, kind of a goof. But it is a little bit of a confusing goof to throw in at the end of the It movie. is. It is. I I don't know. It's kind of like Russian Doll in that way, I guess, because it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just an evocative image that you can interpret in whatever way you want, based on how you feel about the movie. So let's talk about the sort of meat of each of these movies now. The characters, the sort of conflicts that they each run into, because I think that the like the way that characters are arrayed across these four stories is really interesting because it covers a really wide gamut. In Groundhog Day, Phil is completely by himself. Yeah. And his relationship to Rita is uh, really important. Like that winds up being the thing he needs to become a good person and kind of a good enough person for her to fall in love with. But the love story isn't right. It's it's less clear that that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Edge of Tomorrow is by far, I would say, the most explicit. Like you said, Jason, the rules are the most explicit. By the way, Mm -hmm. a couple of fun little crossovers that I noticed in watching this, like Easter eggs, is that in Edge of Tomorrow, Emily Blunt's character is named Rita, which Mm. seems like a clear shout out to Groundhog Day. And also there's a scene in it where he gives her coffee. He makes her coffee when they're like waiting in this um, like kind of bombed out building and mm-hmm. he knows exactly how she takes her coffee yes, which is also Groundhog something Day. that right that Phil does in Groundhog Day I think he does it to Chris Elliott's character but maybe also he does it to both of them maybe which I, th- I felt like that was also a little easter egg yeah he does it to both of them and I think it's a similar scene with Andy McDowell's Rita where she gets freaked out around then because I think it's during one of Phil's leaps where he's trying to woo her and knows mm-hmm. knows all the dating sim prompts basically that yeah. are like all the right things to say and right. and similarly Andy McDowell's Rita is, is put off by it after a while and is like this is creepy whereas Emily Blunt's Rita mm-hmm. can get creeped out much more quickly because she knows exactly what's going on and she's like you're doing right. the thing and I know you're doing the thing and it's creepy and weird. So a thing I love about K- um, Cage and Rita's relationship in Edge of Tomorrow is Cage's first name by the way is Will which like <laughs> Phil Will Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Will Cage. God, that's like such a Tom Cruise protagonist name, too. Sure I'm is. Will Cage, played by Tom Cruise. Um, so, <laughs> a thing I like about their relationship is that she mentions, sort of just in passing and won't talk about it, a man, I'm forgetting his name now, that yeah. she knew and who was kind of the Rita to her Cage. And mm-hmm. she knows, she doesn't know him like it's not really ever a love story because she's like I don't even know you and I wish I had but I never will but Mm -hmm. I do know how you feel about me because I felt that way about someone too I had a person who was like there for me over and over again I think that's actually really cool and subtle in this movie is like not very subtle edge of tomorrow but I think that that's really cool because it all exists just in your imagination you just have to understand that that's what it's like I think Emily Blunt is also really good at just kind of conveying that about that but Mm -hmm. I do like that aspect of their relationship Mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't know. What what else did you guys think about Edge of Tomorrow? Let's stay on this one for a little while. because it's uh... Sure. Yeah, I, I just didn't think it was as compelling as the other ones, and largely largely because of that. Maybe because the action is so much of the focus, and I kind of wanted mm-hmm. something more from it, but also because I think that that if you see Groundhog's Day as kind of Groundhog Day as like the 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 focal point like the the totem for all this like the the mm-hmm. I don't know the beginning of the family tree and you see right. what all these other things did with it I think mm-hmm. Palm Springs and Russian Doll did such interesting things with the tropes and like subverted them in some interesting ways whereas Edge of Tomorrow was just like okay we're gonna take this and just blow everything up and have <laughs> a bunch of alien shooting and explosions and it was fun to watch don't get me wrong I just don't think it was as like good a movie as or as good a, a, a TV watching experience as Russian Doll or uh, or Palm Springs 
Things. It's very different for sure. Yeah, you hadn't seen it, right? So you watched it for the first time for this? I hadn't seen it before. Nice. Yeah, what'd I, you think? I hadn't either. This is also my first time. Oh, okay. I definitely enjoyed it. I... I guess the main similarity in this movie is, and between all of these these stories, is that all of them are about a man and a woman, which that's fine with me. These these can be some very straight stories. I don't I don't mm-hmm. mind this. I'm not angry at it. But it it does feel like something that brings all these movies together, and I feel like that was the part of Edge of Tomorrow that didn't work as well. I think that might be part of what's what you didn't like about it, Jason, not to put words in your mouth. Well, the, but, yeah, the chemistry between but the chemistry Tom there. Like I do Blunt. love yeah, Emily Blunt there. and and like Tom Cruise has his moments in that movie. He has a very mm-hmm. intense, weird energy. And there's a couple times when he gets like a almost Bill Murray like freaking out moment. And those were some of my favorite moments because I was like Tom Cruise freaking out, he's great at it for better or worse. <laughs> and I felt like that manic energy, like if that had been in the whole movie, I would have probably enjoyed it more and there were also moments when I felt like Edge of Tomorrow should just be a comedy and like it yes. almost wants to be but then it it shies back from that but then Emily Blunt is like bringing the drama and it's almost like she's in a different movie it's a cool movie but she's really bringing this intense romance to this role and I don't know. It's not, I'm not really saying that's good or bad, but it was definitely something that stuck out to me, especially as compared to some of the other couples that we see and how much of those couples rely on their chemistry with one another in order to make the story work. Like part mm-hmm. of why Groundhog Day works so well is because you are rooting for Phil to get over his shit and you do want him to end up with Rita in the end. And I would say that the reason why he gets to is actually because he stops hyper-focusing on right. her so much and he becomes his own person, which is like the eternal dating advice everybody always gets is like just figure out yourself and then the rest will fall into place which is deeply Mm -hmm. irritating but also true (laughs) and then I feel like Nadia and Alan like it's not so much a romantic connection in Russian Doll but like they are very connected and that chemistry is a huge part of what makes that show work and then Mm -hmm. Palm Springs it's the same deal like Niles and Sarah they're incredible together so then even though I really liked Edge of Tomorrow as like an action movie and there were a lot of things I liked about it, I did feel like that central connection between those two characters. I just wanted a little bit more because I feel like yeah. that's the emotional hinge that these all need to be driven by. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I think one of the fascinating things and one of the things that I kind of left scratching my head about Edge of Tomorrow is that Tom Cruise starts off as like this smarmy like PR right. like master of yeah. manipulation and then it all kind of just disappears. Yeah. It all kind of disappears immediately when I guess well so one of the implications that I find really interesting is that in all these movies it feels like they all spend years in the time loop. Right. And it seems like Tom Cruise's character like he masters fighting ability and like becomes this amazing ultra action hero. But that's part of the problem is that like he started off in this interesting place that like I really wanted to see more of in a movie like this like the smarmy like Mm -hmm. PR dude and then he just transformed like by the half hour mark he was just Tom Cruise action hero and it was just like oh okay it's like now he's gonna figure out how to save the day sure great I wanted to see more of him as a as a PR machine so on the (laughs) edge of tomorrow thing I I agree that there I wish they had spent more time just on the repetitions one of the funniest Mm -hmm. scenes in that whole movie is when he's learning how to get through the beach and he runs toward her and slow motion and then he just gets creamed by something yeah. that comes in yes. from like the right side of the screen it's and it's amazing. like There's it's a lot of so good stuff funny like that. and that's the thing but I wish there were more I was like this yes. was that we both Emily and I watched it together and we both just cracked up more tactics more of the beach tactics and like more smash cuts basically yeah, yeah. More like more, more of those Groundhog Day and Palm Springs moments where you like see somebody doing something over and over again and the comedy is in the ways they fuck it up like there's right. almost mm-hmm. that in Edge of Tomorrow and the video game feeling of it is also what makes it really funny because it's like he barely dodges the truck and then you get to see him do it perfectly and you're like mm-hmm. oh yeah I, I like have right. this experience in my mind of redoing something and I think that that movie I think it also would benefit from showing more of that because one of the yeah. compelling a lot of the compelling stuff in that movie kind of is you have to assume it about the characters you have to kind of put yourself in their shoes and imagine what it would be like I would say that Edge of Tomorrow is by far the most effortful of all of these. You really feel how hard it would be. Yes. Because he just like has to do, he has to train so hard and get killed over and over and over again and like physically just die and die and die. And that takes a clear toll on him. And Tom Cruise does 
show that. Like, he, mm-hmm. he shows it. But you don't see it happening quite as much as I wanted. And, like, the process to get off the beach even. Like, the yeah. idea that they would get all the way to London and then it would go wrong. It's like, imagining having to do that more than once, let alone, whatever, 50 times or something. It would destroy your mind in a certain way. And they kind of get at it, but they don't, you know, especially toward the end of the movie, they start really moving quickly. And then mm-hmm. it spends a very long time on that final action sequence where they're out mm-hmm. of the loop. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is the least interesting part of the movie. It's just yeah. kind of like a dumb, like, it looks like the Matrix. Their guns are stupid looking and the aliens aren't cool. And but they blow yeah. up the Louvre, man. Um, <laughs> they do. I, think... I like that it was in the Louvre. And I, 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 don't, I didn't remember that from the first time I saw it. But anyways, like, I think there's a pacing thing with that movie. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think one of the problems is that because Rita knows everything and can explain, and with that doctor dude, they can explain, like, okay, here's how this happened. Here's how you get out of it. The, all the tension of a time loop is gone because you know exactly why Tom Cruise got it. You know exactly how he can get out of it. And mm-hmm. none of that even matters. So it's just kind of like, will he use this information to save the day? And obviously, you've seen an action movie before, so you know the answer is going to be yes. Right. And I just don't, I think it's missing that like fundamental mystery that makes something like Palm Springs so interesting, where you're watching the whole time being like, how do they get out of this? How did it happen? Mm-hmm. I, think that the, I think that the arc could have been, will he be able to learn what he, I mean, the arc is, will he be able to learn what he needs to do and get good enough to do it? But because they don't show all that much of the training and of the trial and error, you don't get a feel of that arc. And so, right, there's not a lot of mystery. It's just very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, so to something you said a little while ago, Maddie, about Groundhog Day, I rewatching it, I had kind of forgotten some of the particulars. That movie yeah. has a couple of really distinct phases that are very interesting. I think that's a really interesting movie. It, uh, mm-hmm. It really, I remember when I saw it, and I was like, I, I saw it right when it came out, so I was like 13. And I just remember thinking, this premise is amazing. Like, it was so, the minute he restarts the day, and then they just go in all these directions that no one had really done in a story like that before, because it was sort of, it wasn't exact, I'm sure there were other time loop stories, but it was kind of the yeah, first of its but kind. It was but pretty But the thing where he is like, I'm going to like basically get Rita in bed, yes. and so he starts trying to craft the perfect story, and there's the part where she doesn't like something he gives I can't remember what it is. What it's the like drink. He- the yeah, like a drink, he and he's like, "Okay, doesn't like this." No, and she's like, "What are yes. you doing? Are you taking notes?" And, and it's so yeah. and it's so creepy, and you feel really creepy watching it. It's mm-hmm. like this isn't okay. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. that later is a plot point in Palm Springs where Sarah finds out that Niles basically did the same thing to her. He did yes. that to everybody because, like, what else is he going to do? He was kind of mm-hmm. a little god, the way that Bill Murray thinks he's a god. So I think those two movies are in conversation with yeah. one another, especially mm-hmm. about are. romance and partnerships, in a way that Russian Doll and Edge of Tomorrow are kind of on their own. And then just last thought is, I wish they hadn't kissed at the end of Edge of Tomorrow. I really oh, like yeah. the thing I it's said rough. before about how she has, <laughs> she understands his connection to her because she had that connection to someone else. Mm-hmm. I think that's like really cool. It doesn't need to be overexplained, but it's really neat. But then just having them kiss at the end or something, the fact that they kiss and she's like, I wish I could have known you. Like, it's nice that it ends that way. But at the same time, I was like, you, ah, like, don't kiss. You shouldn't have kissed. So uh, I want to read you guys a quote from Groundhog Day, and this is from Phil's character, Bill Murray's character, Phil. What would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was the same and nothing mattered? Does, <laughs> is there a better description for pandemic life? Oh, yeah. Those, is those that why words? we're watching these? Is that why we picked this? I don't mm, know. Only Kirk Hamilton knows the answer. I think watching Palm Springs for me more than any of the other ones because it came out during COVID. It was made before COVID and it wasn't, yes. of course, like it wasn't related to this, but the timing was just so uncanny. To me, more than anything that I've watched since this started, it just resonated on this profound level because it's so much more, even more than Groundhog Day, which has its unwee section, the section where he's trying to kill himself, kind of before mm-hmm. that, where he's just sort of like, what am I even doing? Before yep. he sets out on this sort of journey of self-improvement, um, mm-hmm. he's kind of lost. Palm Springs is really profoundly about that. Like, Niles is a really interesting character. I thought Andy Samberg is great in this movie. Like, oh, it's yeah. the best acting he's I've so seen from him. He's so charismatic. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. And he's always good at being the big, loud, charismatic guy, but he was really good in this. Like, he was well, this... he has the darkness to him. Right. Yeah, he has to kind of capitalize on that that mm-hmm. character that you expect right. him to be in mm-hmm. order to have that yes. darkness. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a large part of it. But also, it's it's very heavily implied that like he's been in there for like a decade, like at, at the very He's least. lost. Remember yeah. he says he doesn't remember what his job yeah, was? He doesn't, he doesn't even know. Re- he's lost he, who he is. Right, because you can't keep track of it. There's no yep. way you could. 
You could mm-hmm. you could make hatch marks, but they would just go away the next day. So there's right. like literally yeah. No way. Well, the fact that he doesn't remember what he does for a living is like like that speaks to you. like maybe he was mm-hmm. in there for a century. Like who knows? Yeah, I know. I'd read it as like he was in there for a century. Like just. Oh, yeah unimaginable amounts of time which is just like like and you can't escape like death isn't an escape it's just incomprehensible it's like unfathomable Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's part of why it's interesting that palm springs has a sci-fi way out which i think is why it's an improvement on groundhog day and in a few Mm -hmm. ways i think i think Mm -hmm. it's gender politics are better and i think what it has to say about romance is a lot more interesting than groundhog day it's very clearly a 2020 groundhog day was made in 1993 yeah but (laughs) but i also think palm springs is answering a lot of the questions that groundhog day poses with Mm. different answers i think explicitly even Yeah. yeah And Very part of that is, is romantic, but I also think that Palm Springs intentionally making it impossible for you to hack your way out, because that is how Phil wins at Groundhog Day. Like, he basically, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, wins at life, which you could argue that that's a weird message. Like, I, I do think it's it's pretty beautiful as presented within Groundhog Day, but, like, if you if you blow well, it up and you look at it, you're like, could you really do that? And why? what does it mean to really win at something? And, like, how does he transcend? And what is what is the meaning of that? Well, the way I read that is that he cares about other people instead of about right. himself. Right. I read it that way, too, which I think is, is really nice. Whereas Palm Springs is like, what if there's still no way out? Like, you can ascend and just try to become a better person, but then you just have to keep on living after that which to me speaks more to the broader narrative about these movies as like a depression metaphor or just like various mental health struggles or like Russian Doll is definitely about that and it's also right. about like struggling with addiction and just other ongoing problems where you have to keep picking yourself back up again and there isn't going to be like a perfect happy solution like Groundhog Day there kind of is a happy ending there whereas Palm Springs and, and Russian Doll there's not really there's not a perfect run that you can do that solves it instead it's just like just this other weird weird shit that you have to do or you blow up a goat at least in palm right. springs <laughs> and that that means you can make a mental health analogy that's more interesting i think you happen to have a, a girlfriend who's like this brilliant like <laughs> science <laughs> well, she experiment. slowly figures out how to be yeah. a brilliant scientist right, yeah. right. no but yeah. th- she, the fact that she was savvy enough to figure that out in the first place is pretty impressive but she has infinite time i mean we don't know how long that but he took but her. andy samberg's character never figured it out that's it's a good the point, point it's that, a good like, point she had the smarts Right, it's yeah. sort of similar to Groundhog Day in the end, is that she needs to become the kind of person who would have the focus and dedication to actually right. learn theoretical That's physics true. and become enable to get out, which it's implied that she's kind of just been a kind of a like dirtbag her whole life. Yeah, right? like she's just were. sort of like, yeah. yeah, they both were. So like she does grow and kind of and exhibit this change. It's just like it's presented a little bit more practically. It's not like the whatever, the Capra-esque angels that are putting you in this experiment need you to mm-hmm. become a better person. It's right. just, in order to get out of this, you need to become the kind of person who can learn how to get out of this, which is yeah. like a person with more focus and drive <laughs> yeah. than you. Or you need to want to, which she does actually right. want to get out of it. And like to her, it's meaningful that they stay together in some form even after they get out like that is what they ultimately decide and like Andy Samberg's Mm -hmm. character has to decide what the relationship looks like for him if time suddenly exists again I mean all Mm -hmm. that whole conversation was really fascinating to me especially compared to Groundhog Day where they don't that's not a conversation that Rita's character gets to participate in because she cannot. Well, because that's well, so that brings right. me to a point that I was going to make, which is that one of the things, one of the disadvantages that Groundhog Day has is that it's very difficult to write a movie where you're building a relationship between two characters when only one of the characters remembers what's happening right. every single. I yeah. feel that every screenwriter for the other three movies had that note at the top of yes. their notes about Groundhog Day. How to do this? Get somebody else into the loop because all <laughs> right. three of them do it in a different way. And yes. I actually really like that about these movies that Groundhog Day, he's alone. Edge of Tomorrow, she was in the loop, but she isn't in this loop. Russian Doll, they're in the loop together, but it's not a time loop. And actually, it's not clear which of them. And they don't know each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which of them was in the loop. Palm Springs, he is in the loop and is re- directly responsible for her being in the loop, but she's new and he's old. And so they have this different relationship. But I think, I also think. I think that's one of the reasons that Palm Springs kind of stands out and is such a good movie is because it gives these two characters space and time to grow their relationship, infinite time to grow their relationship together. And on that note, I mean, to me, Russian Doll stands out from all of these 
really mm-hmm. a lot. I feel like that show was on a different level than the other ones creatively. It had more time, in fairness. It's and true. exactly. Like, so the thing you just said is it had more time to, like, Palm Springs took the time with the characters because that's kind mm-hmm. of all it was. It was just yep. people just having a conversations. Just driven movie, yeah. Right, and some quick yeah. montages where Edge of Tomorrow was such an action movie that it. It suffers. From- a TV show is always going to have right. So Russian Doll. It's a short show. It's eight like twenty five minute episodes. So it isn't like super long. And it does feel like it moves really fast and it covers a ton of ground. Like there are so many characters. So much of the pleasure of Russian Doll. I I rewatch it. Everyone listening to this, like go rewatch Russian Doll. Even if you watched it once, it's so good. And a lot of the pleasure of it is just her, Natasha Leone, having these conversations with random New York people. There's the woman who, like, works at the Jewish Center. She, like, brings her a mango, and then she won't mm-hmm. let her see the rabbi, and then later <laughs> yeah. the woman is, like, eating the mango. There's the old guy so at the, um, the old guy who, like, lives in Alan's building, mm-hmm. and he just has these random little conversations. There's a part there where he's like, oh, women don't like to take the stairs. There's all these little <laughs> Easter eggs, because she, of course, doesn't like to take the stairs. And it it's so much more abstract because it has so much time that it can just rewrite the rules on its own. And like, it goes into flashbacks. She starts seeing the ghost of like her child self. That that show is exploring territory, both because of its format and length, but also just because the people making it are brilliant and like had these really wild ideas that were, they really started with the premise of Groundhog Day and super quickly were like, we're just going to totally do our own thing here. And I think that that show is just like totally better for it. It's, it's cool that she starts out the show trying to figure out what's going on. And Mm -hmm. she's so kind of Columbo esque, like going around slouching around in her like trench coat, trying to solve the mystery. And she keeps trying to run down these different clues. Um, She's convinced that the fact that it was a Jewish building, like that it used to be a, a school, and then it, you know, uh-huh. now they're you not there that, anymore. Yeah. And right, so right. she, she's like totally convinced that that's a thing. And then that winds up not being anything. It just allows for this. Also, she's convinced that it's like video game related for right, Rob because right. he plays that's, the video to... game that she right. designed. Right. right. They're trying to find these comparisons. There's also the whole thing with Horse, where she thinks she needs to save Horse, who's this mm-hmm. the homeless guy who doesn't have shoes, and she brings mm-hmm. him shoes, and then he dies because well, she watched Groundhog Day, where he keeps trying to save the right. Homeless. right. And so she right. keeps thinking, oh, maybe we need to become better. And then of course the answer is so much stranger and more. Yeah you know, like less clear. Just the fact that in the very first episode she has oatmeal and then oatmeal disappears. Like she's sitting, she has the cat in one shot and then in the next shot the cat has just vanished and she's like, oatmeal, where'd you go? And it isn't, it just immediately like breaks with the rules because you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) She was holding the cat and now she isn't. What just happened? Something just impossible and magical happened that isn't related to a time loop. It's just something else. Yeah, I I think it's because Russian Doll really seized on that mental health analogy in Groundhog Day and just was like, what if we only did that? Like, as opposed to seizing on the romance part of it, which I think is what Palm Springs does really successfully and well, like looking at Groundhog Day as a dating sim and being like, what's a more ethical version of (laughs) that? Like, that's what Palm Springs is, is trying to navigate. Whereas Russian Doll, like, isn't so much interested in the dating sim bit and is more like, okay, but the systems of recovery are kind of like a time loop and a video game and Groundhog mm-hmm. Day and like just the ennui and the depression shit like let's just go real real hard on that one theme over and over again and like still have two characters who are dealing with it but in very different ways like their mental health struggles are not the same and aren't necessarily related to each other which I thought was really cool about it and then also there's the trauma of Nadia's mother having had these mental health struggles and like how they affected the people around her and that is like a level of complexity that it can do because it's longer but I think it's also just more interested in delving into that like I think a movie could have done that it's just that that is the question that Russian Doll wanted to solve for is like just the depression and recovery metaphor and just focusing on one thing helps it a lot, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that it, it's just a decision, that they, a creative decision that they made. The fact that Nadia, basically the day is important for Alan because it's the worst day of his life. And there's a scene where he says to her, he's like, well, it's easy for you to say, I have to relive the worst day of my life. You get to relive yeah. this cool party with all these cool people. But she's like, but actually, her 36th birthday, she's always been superstitious about it. And I don't think this is ever said explicitly, but it's heavily implied that her mother killed herself on her 36th right. birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she like always thought, I'm not going to make it past 36 because I'm just like my mother. So mm-hmm. actually, like they, the day is really important for both of them. But it's left so like you really have to be paying attention and like watch the characters to get all of that. And they're still very different. And the connection is 
just the fact that it's these two types of trauma that they're both dealing with, which is pretty, yeah. you know, it's pretty abstract. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool show. It is. Mm. So let's talk about the endings, how these people get out, because yeah. that's kind of the thing that everyone, it leaves you with questions, but also gives you some answers. So how do they get out? We've kind of said all of these, but let's just go over them. Jason, how does Phil get out of Groundhog Day? Yeah, well, so Phil completes this perfect day, as many said, he, he <laughs> finds the Wednesday. Yeah. But really, it's not as much about that, I think, as it is about just like, it's not about... Uh, in in some ways, yeah, he like lives the optimal day and does everything perfectly and saves everybody and like get, winds up at the party like meeting everybody who loves him and is like thankful for mm-hmm. him doing this stuff. He's learned the piano. You're forgetting the most important part. I think that He's is become... actually really important. I was going to mention that, but go yeah, ahead. incredibly no, gifted no, pianist. But I, I think it's more that he like learns how to care about other people, and I think that is ultimately also what helps him um, get with Rita at the end, and they wind up sleeping together, and and he wakes up next to her, and that's how he knows it's the next day finally. and only sleeping together i should right. say right do you just right. oh, fall asleep next literally to sleeping. they just fall, literally fall asleep <laughs> next to each other um and i think the fact that like he's not just like trying to optimize her and he's instead trying mm-hmm. to optimize causing like bringing happiness to other people instead of to himself that is what ultimately like helps him explain this thing and obviously it's never explained why there was a time loop or how this happened right um other than that he deserves it because he's terrible. <laughs> right, because he's just kind of an <laughs> asshole. I, I remember for some reason I had I had remembered in my head that like he was cursed by like some old woman on the street. Like for some reason I had that in my head. That might have huh. been another 90s movie. I think you're thinking of um, of uh, Drag Me to Hell. Or like <laughs> yeah. Freaky Friday of, or something maybe? Maybe I'm uh, thinking yeah. of Freaky Friday. Um, but but yeah, no, it's it's never explained and he just like wakes up a better person. It's it's sort of like the, the opportunity that everybody wishes they had to just like spend a bunch of time like improving themselves and get nothing out of it like lose I no tell time. you what if I were in that loop and then I got out of it I would be like I should have gotten really good at piano <laughs> I definitely would have probably like, would have if you were in the loop exactly I, that's what I was saying I'll be watching I was like I would have learned so many musical instruments but it's not just that it's not just like it's not just like hobby physical improvement it's also just like imagine if you had like an infinite amount of time in your life to just like sit back and make yourself into a better person like that's a pretty right. cool and interesting concept to think about and it's kind of like like he was lucky in a lot of ways that he was able to just escape this pit of like selfishness and despair that he sank into and he was living like a he was not a happy person and like he got out of it as a better person which I think is an interesting concept so like it is at the end of the day even though it goes to some dark places and he was clearly there for years and years enough time to master the piano um, I think it's ultimately like a pretty optimistic movie. I think it's more similar to Russian Doll in the sense that I would say Phil needs to be in the time loop in order to become a better person Mm -hmm. whereas like edge of tomorrow and palm springs it's a little bit more like they probably would have been okay if this had never happened to them like Mm -hmm. as far as we know they would have all led normal lives but like this is a time loop that's like a moral good well we don't know we didn't know andy sandberg's character before this but well that's true maybe he was he was a huge piece of shit and he totally deserved to walk into the cave but like in groundhog day because there's no inciting incident and because the end of it takes such a moral stance, I would say. It, it mm-hmm. almost implies retroactively that the reason he was in the time loop is because he deserves this and needed this in order to improve. So I, I don't even know if I would say, like, yeah, you'd be so lucky to be in the Groundhog Day loop. Like, it's easier for us to say that and just be like, oh, look at all these cool hobbies you would do. But, like, Phil is such a prick at the beginning of the movie right. that, like... God help me if I get stuck in the time loop. I'd, I'd have to be a real, real asshole to get stuck in the time loop. <laughs> yeah. time loop. Like, That's a good point. I hope yeah. I'm not in that one <laughs> right, because right. that would mean that I needed to change everything about myself and or and like redo all of it again like that's, that's the stance true. that movie takes and Russian Doll I would say is, is kind of similar in that way and that they have to get out of it by figuring out their shit in a somewhat different way in but. Russian Doll they're more broken people than right. they are just like bad people like we don't find out anything yeah. about Phil's backstory or his life or anything we don't know anything about yeah, it yeah we just see him being a dick all yeah, the time yeah we see him right. be a jerk right their line right. in Russian Doll is buildings aren't haunted people are haunted which is mm-hmm. one of those there's so many lines like that in that where I just was like writing it down like god there's so many good one liners but that yeah. I think does sum up that one so let's just go I guess let's go chronologically um, sure sure the ending of Edge of Tomorrow is a bit <laughs> of a head scratcher to me. 
How does it end? Yeah. Like, I think I remember all the it particulars. Ends. Maddie, do you remember the particulars? How does it end? I watched it last night, so I can, I can go, d- go explain it, yeah. this. So he winds up getting, like, like uh, the Omega. As he kills the Omega with these grenades, he, like, winds up getting infected in some way, and his eyes go all black, and then he just wakes up. Except instead right. of waking up in the normal place where he usually wakes up, he wakes up on the helicopter on the way to the place, and he's still yes. in his major outfit. And then he yeah. gets off, and he watches TV, and they're talking about how the Omega was destroyed, and the alien invasion is over, and all the mimics are gone and then he goes down to where Rita is practicing and she just looks at him and she has no idea who he is and he laughs mm-hmm. and then it ends so like he wound up at the, in a different version so the, the loop was uh, like wound up at the beginning of the loop but it was an altered history so like he changed the time yeah like he wound up in a new loop is how a I read loop. it was that yeah. a, a new loop was started when he killed the Omega like it's blood got on him and restarted well, something but we don't know if it's a loop or if it's like yeah, just we don't a know. I, yeah I shouldn't say a loop or it jumped right. back one last time as yeah. it died and it still died in the other right. timeline I guess that yeah that is what happened that I think that is fairly Clear. but it makes no sense with the rules like you you just have to kind of accept it like it doesn't yeah really i didn't sense. really get why that was the time that he went back to as opposed to some other time or why he went back at all other than that narratively it's pleasing to see him go back in right time. i but. i guess it's that because the alpha was set up as a defense mechanism which was something i hadn't really remembered about this movie and I actually think is pretty cool the idea mm-hmm. that you're sort of lieutenants on the field if one of them dies it triggers this thing that lets you reset the battle and yeah. like know what's going to happen. I guess that because they come from the Omega, it stands to reason that the Omega would have a similar temporal ability, or that that's actually the thing driving everything. And that when you kill it, the same thing can happen where you can be pulled into a loop where it still dies, but it dies you know, at the beginning of the loop. And then it's not a loop, it just begins at the beginning of the like you know, new timeline and the new timeline you're in, you're alive and right. It lets them have a happy ending that you can kind of like wank it together if you really like need to, but uh, it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I think it's really just that they didn't want Emily Blunt's character to actually die. And they wanted Tom Cruise to get to walk up to her at the end and be like, Hey, which I was like, I don't (laughs) need this though. I don't actually need her to be alive. Yeah, Cause she dies in the last. (laughs) Um, It's worth noting by the way, that I am the alpha and the Omega is a biblical quote about like the, the, how yes. God is like immune to time and like he mm-hmm. is all yes. time at once. Yes. So it's kind of like a, And it was about this movie. Is that where you were going with it? Or? Right. Yeah. So God in Revelations, in the book of Revelations, he talks about how Tom Cruise is going to make a sweet movie. And there will be a man and, named Christopher McQuarrie and he and Tom yes. Cruise will make many Mission <laughs> yes. Impossible movies together. And for some reason, the dude from Harry Potter who plays Mad-Eye Moody will be a general. Oh man, he's yeah. so good. He and Bill Paxton are both so good in this movie. Shout out they to are. both of them. They are like yes. the two that made me be like, this should have been more of a comedy. Um, a thing that I like that happens in this is when he he like spits or he like takes the pins out of the grenades and drops them because mm-hmm. do you remember the, the um, War of the Worlds movie that Tom Cruise is in? He does yes. the same move. This is like the yeah. same time period. They're both kind of like desaturated digital effects <laughs> movies and he does the same move where like he gets sucked into the alien thing and then he comes out and he like spits out the pins from the grenade and blows it up. I was like, this is like Tom Cruise's signature moves. Uh-huh. Oh, I got the pins. Uh-huh. He loves taking pins out of grenades dramatically. He loves taking pins out of things. I wonder how much script rewriting Tom Cruise does while he's on set. He's like, you know, it would be cool if I do this and like he just wants to do all this cool well, stuff. Well, and Macquarie wrote this, co-wrote the screenplay to this, so I'm sure a lot. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. they're like, now they're joined at the hip. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's let's look at the ending to Russian Doll a little bit more. I kind of broke down what happens, but I'm curious what your two, Maddie, what's your take on the ending of Russian Doll? I really liked how weird it was the first time, <laughs> the only time I watched it. I I liked that I didn't fully understand what had happened and if they'd gotten out of it or not. I was actually one of the people who was kind of sad when I heard they got another season of Russian Doll and is hoping that they do something really different. Yeah, I hope with it's it like an anthology. Because and I'm sure it'll be I awesome. I really liked not knowing. And it is it is probably the least satisfying ending of all of these movies in the sense mm-hmm. that I don't feel like it's resolved. I don't feel like everything's been tied up, but I also feel like that's true of traumatic events and recovery. Mm-hmm. And I liked that as a message. I liked the idea that there are multiple versions of you moving forward through life. Maybe they connect, maybe they don't. All of that thematically really, really works for me. And so... I'm hoping they don't whiff it on the next mm-hmm. season and undo that good work. Yeah, I I didn't 
go and do a lot of rewatching when I ended it the first time. I remembered seeing the back of her head passing by her in the parade, like going yes. the opposite direction because yes. her hair is so distinct. But I didn't like go back and rewatch it. And I did this time, and we were really clearly they do a very clear job of marking that she changes her shirt in her timeline mm-hmm. because her friend, um, oh man, uh, who's who's played by oh Greta Lee plays her friend who's like the best. Uh, her friend yes. who's smoking the joint. Birthday uh, baby, yeah. I love yeah. her. The one where, when she's like dancing around the empty apartment, and she's just like I can't leave oh man she gets some of the best scenes when she throws the drink on her and then they both start laughing so then Nadia changes her shirt and then Nadia, that Nadia is then clearly different because she's wearing a different shirt and a different um, a different coat where then Alan um, they put that she puts that scarf on him mm-hmm. like their other friend puts the scarf on him and she's like this has good karma so then he's wearing a scarf and then it's very clear that in the final shot in the parade the scarf Alan and the white shirt Nadia are walking next to one another. So they've right. like been reunited. The ones who remember each other specifically. Which I like as, that to me was actually fairly clear. Like really looking at it, I was like, okay, it, they are telling me whether or not they specifically go and live their lives together, they're sort of spirits and they're, they're, they're they beings. They like, Yeah, they yeah. exist in parallel to one another in a way that is meaningful. And I think that's beautiful. Well, it's sort of like, it's their reward. It feels like their reward for like working their shit out is that they get to like get it's to not necessarily I, I didn't even read it as romantic as much as like these two people are the only yeah, people not, not me either oh no yeah. no well, one of the great things about Russian Doll is that there's the part where they sleep together and then they like <laughs> it's just it's not at all a plot point they're like okay well that happened whatever and they keep moving like I really like that about Russian yeah Doll. but one of the reasons that it's so profound that they wind up in the same timeline as and don't have to deal with like the alternate reality versions of each other is that these two are the only people who have experienced this thing and like mm-hmm. if they have this profound connection because they both have this shared experience and even if they don't wind up romantically together it's still just like nice knowing that someone out there mm-hmm. has been through what you've been through and I think that must and have like, been a guy like Alan needs a friend like Nadia yeah. they're so different like it's, it's so fun to watch them bounce off of each other because both characters are so good and she great performances just, by both having them. a guy like a, a woman like her come into the life of a guy like that like the most rigid when she <laughs> describes him as like a guy who kind of works out all the time like Derek Jeter sort of really <laughs> uptight <laughs> when she's that's a Another great interaction, actually, at the when she goes to the jewelry store and the woman's like, "Oh yeah, I know him." Then she's like, "I think you're lying to me." Anyway, I could talk about Russian doll forever. Uh-huh. Um, so Palm Springs, I think this one kind of ties things back together, and it really ties back to Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll just really quickly recap the end. We already said it, but it's essentially that they have to make this decision: Do we want to take the chance? Yeah. Do we want to blow up? You know, blow ourselves up, and maybe we just die. But we've both been doing this for so long that what what the hell do we have to lose? We both have to make this decision. And then one thing that we didn't mention about the ending that I like that I'll throw in here for the discussion of the ending is um, what happens to Roy, which is yeah. that Roy he comes down and basically um, Niles has left a like breadcrumb trail. Or actually, no, did Sarah? Maybe Sarah called him. No, Niles did. Niles did. Sarah. Asked, it was Niles. Like, did you, yeah, like Niles says that he called Roy. Okay, so Roy gets the message basically to come down, and he comes down, and it's like they've given him enough information to do it for himself if he chooses to, and he runs into the version of Niles who has now gotten out of the loop and doesn't know who he is, and it's just this guy. And so it's like they they don't leave Roy behind. Like, they get out, and then they also do... That's the post... It's like a credit stinger. It's like post-credit stinger. Right. They do the moral thing, and they tell him how to get out. So I like that ending, too, and I like... Like I said, I don't like the dinosaur thing, but I don't know what what else, what did you think of this ending as the the most recent Groundhog Day style ending? It rolls. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I think it's <laughs> well. One of the things you didn't mention is that it ends with kind of like trickery because they're both lying at the pool that yes. they kept right, they kept winding right. up in after yeah. like right. Yeah, would you do that if you finally got out of the same day? I could kind of see them being like, I can't leave i'm gonna go get back in the pool like I, i'm not ready for the outside world <laughs> yeah yet. well i think they also i think it was well i kind of expected that to happen the entire time that they kept mentioning like oh yeah the neighbors are on vacation so oh, like of course, of course right. they would be back from vacation but mm-hmm. it, it was also just like yeah i i don't think it's as realistic as it is just a fun way to like put a bow on the whole it thing it sort of made sense to me like you would you'd be like well now i feel like i have all the time in the world yeah it's you- your routine right well, yeah. think about it this way. Like, if the pandemic ended tomorrow, would you immediately go to the movies? No, you would, like, follow your routine. You know, then. actually, that's true. I that see people true. say that. They're like, I would go do karaoke immediately. And I'm like, I don't know. It's going to take me a minute. Yeah, like, Not only because of health know. issues. 
you would slowly break out of your routine. I got to go really yeah. slowly. Like, okay, well, first I'm just going to like go to a bar with a friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's going to be weird. Just seeing someone in person right. for a while. Like I might get emotional. <laughs> but if you, consider, if you consider that the two of them have been in this for years and years and right. years, then it's mm-hmm. like, well, actually, I don't know. I mean, we know Andy Samberg has been in it for years because he's done everything, tried everything. If Kristen Milioti's character has also been in it for years, maybe not. It might be. probably quite a probably. while. I it, was it was a, a while. few years. Okay, yeah. maybe it was a few that years. One big time lapse in the middle was mm-hmm. was a pretty long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we have come to the end of our conversation. I think we did a good job of breaking down these four time loops. Of course, as always, if you have thoughts on these movies, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah. Triple click at maximumfun.org. Feel free uh, to write in. But yeah, the two of you, um, I think we'll we'll be back for. Oh, wait a minute, Maddie. I can't. Is the call, Jason? Jason, can you? I can't uh, hear the two no, of you. No, 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 no. Don't do I this again. No, keep I'm gonna, the call. I'm gonna, you got to stay on the same I mean, call. I'm going to restart. This whole I'm just going to restart the I, call at the conclusion, right? All right no, hang on a second. don't I'll do it. I'll restart it. Don't do it. I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Maddie Myers. Oh, no. I'm Jason Schreier. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. And if you like our show, we hope you'll head over to MaximumFun.org join and consider becoming a member. Doing so helps support us and gets you access to an exclusive Triple Click episode each month. Find us online at TripleClickPodcast.com, on Twitter at TripleClickPod, and send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.